Workers' comp claims during COVID-19. Our good friend Patrick Pallas joins us. I'm Lawrence Cletty, and this is Legal Talk Today. Patrick, what's happening? How are things going in Washington? Lawrence, good to, good to see you. Good to talk with you, my friend. We're surviving. We were the first ones in, and uh, hopefully we'll be the first ones out of this crisis. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you was uh, Chicago, and that was when the world was still mostly fun. And now things are things are starting to get more fun, but it's not enough fun in the world today. So um, it's good to see you again. Thanks for inviting me on to chat. Well, so Patrick, uh, just to cue it up for our listener today, I wanted to talk about your bio real quick because we're going to talk about workers' comp. And of course, uh, that's labor and industries. Uh, we're specifically going to be talking about that, that kind of claim. So Patrick, if you could just tell us a little bit about your background in workers' comp. Yeah, happy to. I uh, started out doing uh, workers' comp work and, and personal injury work, gosh, over, over 25 years ago. Wow. So uh, that is the focus of our practice here. We're uh, a law firm that practices throughout Washington State. And in fact, we have claims throughout the country for people we represent. Awesome. Awesome. I didn't know you'd been in practice. You don't look it. So uh, <laughs> for our Thank audience you. that can't see Patrick, he is very youthful in his appearance. So uh, he must be pickled in Captain Crunch or something. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Patrick, let's get to our topic. So just a little primer for the audience. So uh, today our show is about workers' compensation claims during COVID-19. And so, uh, Patrick, I came across an article that you wrote uh, on your blog. It was titled, How to File a Coronavirus COVID-19 LNI Claim. And for, for those of us attorneys that don't practice in this kind of law, that's labor and industries claim. And so um, the setup is this, you know, obviously we've got essential workers all over the country that are helping us out. Uh, people that didn't sign up for this, but they are being recruited into it by the nature of their work. So our, our grocery store workers, our hardware store workers, Amazon workers that are keeping us supplied up with the things that we need while the country has been closed down. And so during the course of this, the work they're doing is very important, but it also puts these workers at risk for exposure to COVID-19. Of course, that can bring some uh, personal injuries as well. And so, Patrick, if uh, just as a starter question here to get into it, if a worker believes that they got infected during the course of their work, what is their first steps that they need to do? Well, short answer is file a claim. But can I take a step back just to, to, just to respond to what you said? I, yeah, Absolutely. We do a fair amount of marketing and we, we pushed out a, a radio ad, a, a commercial very early on before the lockdown happened anywhere in the country, uh, letting people know they could file claims if they were infected by COVID-19 on the job. It felt like for me, a call out to injured people, people who were at risk and saying, look, your employers may not be taking good care of you. They may be putting you at risk. They may be putting dollars in front of your own health and you need to know your rights. And we pushed that out clearly. I have to tell you, I pulled that commercial off and redid that commercial because of this. I think employers are working really, really hard for everybody, trying to make a community safe. I think everyone in this crisis has pulled together and is doing their best to take care of each other. And this isn't about punishing bad employers or injured workers taking advantage of the system. This is really about how do we all take care of each other? And if, if it happens when you're out there on those front lines, despite your employer's best efforts to keep you safe and give you masks, like those people who are in the medical industry or, or first responders or people who I think are first responders in some ways, the people who are our clerks at our grocery stores, right? I mean, they, they are out there every day. If it happens that you believe that you are infected, 
then you need to know that you have a claim and that you should file a claim. And for you lawyers who are out there, if you're not looking at these claims, you should because there are hundreds and hundreds of people who are being infected every day across this country and they need to know how to file claims. And in Washington, that means um, you go online, you fill out the information, you say you've been exposed where you've been exposed and you file that claim online. Well, let me ask a fight. I agree with you, by the way. I think most employers are doing a bang up job. I mean, my two big stops during this have been Costco and uh, also the hardware store. I've needed a couple of supplies here. And then I got to say, you know, managers and, uh, you know, just line employees have just been nothing but terrific, you know, really engaging that and doing a fantastic job. So, but uh, let me ask this, just a quick follow-up. You did say about, uh, you know, uh, location of infection. And I know that there's some contact tracing out there that it's being um, looked at and they're trying to do that. But it's not it's not an exact science, I think, for a large part of, of how they're going to have to do this. And so does it really matter if they're 100% certain if they got it in this workplace versus getting it on the street? Yeah, that's such a good question. And the answer is no. You know, err on the side of caution. File a claim. Always file a claim first. If it turns out that you got it somewhere else, then that's fine. The claim may not go forward. But I think you're going to know, right? If you're around people who are exposed and people around you at work are coming down with it and you're dealing with people who who have it, you know, they're going to give you that claim and you should have that claim. Because frankly, there aren't enough resources out there. Not everyone has medical care and falling back on the protections, the floor that is provided by LNI and workers' compensation systems nationwide is critical. People need to get the care. Yeah. So we'll have to move a little quicker on uh, these next questions there, Patrick. We only have uh, 10 minutes, but uh, one of the ones I definitely wanted to get to um, with the medical care, great cue up for this next one, is that it's not easy to get in and see a doctor right now. I know that a lot of medical facilities are closed, uh, not hospitals, obviously, and uh, you know the various healthcare providers that are on the front lines of this. But even those right now are operating at reduced staff because the demand that they were worried about didn't materialize. And so some hospital facilities around the country have been laying people off or furloughing. And so getting in is not easy, but uh, is it of critical importance that a worker who thinks they were injured via COVID-19 at the workplace get in as soon as possible? Yeah, it's a really, really good question because medical facilities may not be available. And frankly, not all medical facilities want you in there if you have COVID-19. And I think we've really opened up this era of telehealth, of virtual consultations, right? So remote care. So if you have it, please consider simply calling your provider, letting them ask the questions. They may be able to diagnose you from your living room or your bed at home, and you may not have to go in and get that diagnosis because it might be pretty obvious, or you can go and get tested if they suggest it, but follow the dictates of your uh, healthcare provider. And I would start with, unless it's life-threatening, of course, start with that, that remote call. I think it's a good idea. And then just quick follow up on that. Um, you know, if an employer, you know, learns of this claim and says, Hey, I really want you to go see, you know, the doctor that we have for this to try to get this through quicker. I just feel more comfortable with that. But the employee really doesn't want to do that. You know, they're like, I don't feel comfortable. I want to go to my healthcare provider, the doctor that I trust. Uh, do they have to go see that doctor recommended by the employer? You know, in Washington state, the answer is clearly no, you can go see any doctor you want. It may vary from state to state. So you got to check the laws per state, but something more overarching about that is again, you may not want to go out in public or go to see doctors or go to medical clinics because you can be exposing everybody that you come in contact with back to telehealth. Getting that remote care is is probably the best option. 
Well, here's an employer side question. So you have an employee that is saying, hey, I got sick on the job, uh, you know, getting groceries out to everybody. And so I've been infected and uh, they got the test back and they know that they've been infected. They've tested positive for COVID-19. They've been there. And so potentially infecting other coworkers. So what, I mean, obviously employers going to be scared of this. Uh, you know, it's not, not a good day to hear that. What are uh, advisable next steps for them? Yeah, I think there's a protocol out there for this kind of thing that that happens. And maybe it's a little bit outside of the legal arena. But I think the common sense is that if you're an employer and you're aware people are being infected on your job site, shut it down. Shut it down. Send people home. Make sure everyone is on notice. Everyone is aware that you have someone who has been infected by the virus, and then go and take care of your workers. The sooner you take care of them, the sooner we get them back to work, the sooner all of us are healthy and safe again. Okay. And then what would you say to an employee? So if they hear that and they think, oh my gosh, if I go report this, the whole company is going to shut down. My boss is going to hate me. And they're worried that there's going to be some retaliation. And you know, and it's stressful, right? Everybody's stressful. Maybe they're not thinking hundred percent rationally and they're thinking, oh my God, am I going to get fired because I report this? What do you tell them? In Washington state, it's very clear you can't retaliate. You have an absolute right to file a claim and the employer can take no steps against you to punish you punitively. And that's true in most states, although I can't tell you it's true in every single state across uh, the country. Uh, but by and large, look, the, the public health and safety concerns outweigh uh, the rights of an employer in a situation like this, or at least the desires of an employer in this case. If you get hurt, you report it and, and you're be confident that they can't come back and penalize you for doing the right thing, protecting your other coworkers and taking care of yourself. All right. And here's a quick mechanics question about uh, what a doctor's role in this is. So you're a doctor and either do the remote consultation, or let's say you have an office that is seeing COVID-19 patients and somebody comes in, they're a worker and they're making a claim and they say, hey, listen, I need this for a claim. What does a doctor need to do to uh, help their patient there? Yeah. Again, it varies a little bit from state to state, but the essentially is this, that the, the doctor needs to fill out the, the claim form, his or her portion of the form that verifies that the uh, injured worker does in fact have this condition or more likely than not has this condition, what the diagnosis is, potentially the treatment plan, and that gets filed with the, with the government agency, the Department of Labor and Industries in, in a lot of states for the Department of Labor. It's a federal claim. And that gets filed. So the doctor simply needs to help. And I would encourage doctors, do it, do it fast. We're moving at a, at a speed of light with this and um, help build the statistics, help get people taken care of, help get benefits in people's hands so we can all recover and be safe sooner. All right. So for the sake of time, I'm going to roll the next two questions into one question. And so, you go for it. <laughs> so uh, the, the part A of the question is how long do infected workers have to make a claim? And then let's say if they're successful in their claim, potentially, what are some of the benefits that come from a successful LNI workers comp claim? So the statute of limitations do vary uh, state to state, uh, and I'll generalize it here. You'll need to look individually at the states. In Washington, for example, it's a year if you have been uh, in come in contact, had an injury, it's a year to file uh, a claim. And that is often true in most states do that. Um, but look, if it's COVID-19, don't wait a minute. Uh, file your claim. And if you're an employer and you think someone has it, get them help to file it. That's what needs to happen immediately. All right. And the last part of that was what kind of benefits can you expect if you have a successful claim? Again, every state's a little bit different. In Washington, you get your medical care. If you lost time from work, you get some lost 
wages. Got to help you if, if you're one of those people who gets into critical care and, and, and you pass away or somebody, a loved one, your family passes away. But there can be uh, death benefits out there, pension benefits in Washington means they will pay you or your, your spouse, your, your widow, uh, for your loss of lifetime earnings. There can be rather significant benefits depending on how significant the loss is for you. So it's, it's, it's important to file a claim. You're protecting yourself and your family and your community when you do that. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick. That's all the time we have. And I'm much appreciated for you coming on and, and giving that information out there for people uh, that are in need. So uh, if people have a follow-up with you, especially if they live in the state of Washington, how can they find you? They can find me at uh, on our website at palacelaw.com. They can email directly at patrick at palacelaw.com. Uh, and I'm happy to, uh, to help any way that I can with uh, any questions. Our website has a lot of resources and it has what we call a pat bot. So you can have your <laughs> claim taken a look at and analyzed. Uh, there's an opportunity there to see what the value of your case is on our website. There's a lot of resources there and I encourage people to use it. And I can testify to this, PatBot is very cordial. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, 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 we'll cite and make available our sources for this episode on our website, legaltalknetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Stay strong, everybody. (laughs) 